Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to build a space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. And I'm CJ, here to have a grand old time with uh, our merry gang of dear listeners. It's, it's just us. It's just us. Uh, I have not agreed to join a gang. Disaffiliated. Not in a gang. Disaffiliated. And I have not agreed to be married. To anyone but my beautiful wife. <laughs> uh, speaking of whom, uh, I am actually drinking whiskey right now. We're recording in the evening, which means it's okay to drink whiskey. Normally, we record in the morning, and it's uh, it feels risque. But now it just feels like a great way to end the night. But I, I got her this whiskey for Valentine's Day. I told her I tried to get her a dozen roses, but all they had was four. Ooh, well played, so, sir. Thank you. It's uh, <laughs> I, we're I'm drinking the Four Roses small batch. It's a uh, 90 proof and very nice. That one's hard to find here. I love that one, but it's hard to find. If any dear listener wants to ship one to South Carolina, feel free. Yeah. If any dear listener wants to ship one to me and I can get it very easily, I can get it so easily. But if you wanted to send it to me, I would not be upset. I would be drunk. <laughs> what, what are you drinking, CJ? I know that you're all, you are also drinking what appears to be a whiskey or other brown liquor. Yes, it is. It is a bourbon. It is an Elijah Craig. Barrel proof, single barrel pick from the bourbon group that I'm in. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, I'm in a group that comes out with like a bottle per month usually, and they do all their all single barrel picks. So nothing you can get elsewhere. And that's pretty much where I buy all my whiskey now. So shout out to Columbia Bourbon Collective. That's absolutely awesome. And I will tell you that in there are basically only two types of social alcohol groups. One is fun and the other one's AA. So I'm glad that you found your way into one of the fun ones. <laughs> and I, I try and keep it, keep it, you know, I'll keep it to one or two a night so I don't have to go to the not fun alcohol group. Oh. <laughs> I want to say that I max out at three, but I typically, but I like, I think I had, I've had four today. Like, I don't think it's a problem it's, though. It's the heartburn that gets me. It's the heartburn and the hangover. Like I never want to do it again. If I have four or five in a night, uh -huh. It's like I take a pretty good break because I'm like, my body does well, not like I, me. <laughs> I'm counting. I'm counting the entire afternoon. I had a uh, Trogue's Nugget Nectar okay, uh, yeah. probably around three o'clock. And then we had dinner at a brewery. So I had a couple there and then I came home and uh, now I'm drinking a whiskey. So that's just keeping the vibe strong. I'm, I'm, I'm riding <laughs> that fucking vibe wave. Um, <laughs> but speaking of. Just trying to stay a couple steps ahead of unmitigated disaster. I mm -hmm. stumbled across a Facebook reel recently, and I'm, I'm just going to show you the reel. What you're looking at here, my understanding is this is from the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and play this video. Yeah, so you've got Indiana Jones at the Stunt Spectacular and the, the large ball, is the stone ball from Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
is actually rolling towards him and he's running and he's running and he's running. And then it just kind of pulls him under as it catches him. And then, <laughs> and then a bunch of people come in from the sidelines, you know, are obviously checking to make sure that this guy is okay. <laughs> like a bunch of stunt coordinators and stuff run up. And that's where the video ends. And my, my thought is, okay, it's like, how, how bad is this? First of all, um, Obviously, it's a stunt. They've probably practiced this a lot. They've got a lot of safety. I would, I would hope they have a lot of safety measures in place. Um, it depends on if the price is right on big corporations, correct? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, the stunt coordinators run up, it, but we don't we don't get any resolution to this. So I tried to find out whether this man has, in fact, expired. The answer is complicated. I could not find any news articles about an Indiana Jones performer being killed by a giant rolling ball. However, in 2009, there was an incident, uh, a man named Anislav Varbanov. Uh, so apparently this guy died while performing a tumbling role for the Indi- Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Now it's got the word roll right there in the description. It does. He and didn't, that guy didn't seem to do a tumble unless they, I it's see I don't know I could, you could argue that when he fell that was a form of tumble he took a tumble he did I don't know that he was tumbling but he took a tumble he did uh, <laughs> like uh, that may have been the guy yeah it might have been a guy so looking further into this if this has any relationship with the ball that was used in the filming of Raiders of the Lost Ark I, I found an interview with Steven Spielberg where he states, we went to great lengths to make a 12-foot rock out of fiberglass and wood and plaster precisely so that it wouldn't weigh as much as a real 12-foot boulder. So whether it weighed 300 pounds, which it did, or whether it weighed 80 tons, as it would have, it could still have done bodily harm to anyone falling beneath it. Uh, He also stated, uh, a double would uh, would have cheated his head down, so Harrison volunteered to do it himself. He succeeded. There were five shots of the rock from five different angles, each done separately, each one done twice. So Harrison had to race the rock 10 times. He won 10 times and beat the odds. He was lucky. And I was an idiot for letting him try. So the original ball weighs (laughs) 300 pounds. If you get hit by a 300 pound boulder, it could very well kill you. I'd expect to be sore for a few days after it. Uh, yeah, certainly. It, that's like that's like getting hit. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's like getting hit by an NFL defensive lineman. Like that's three hundred pounds of just not comfy. <laughs> and my body ain't built for that. I'm not built for that. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and then looking into it, uh, looking into it further, I, I did find an example of a man being injured by a giant rolling ball. Uh, So in Spain, there is the traditional running of the bulls. There is an alternative event for those who think that running with the bulls is an act of cruelty in which you run from a giant ball. I I don't see why people do that in the beginning, but that's a conversation (laughs) for another day. I'm kind of I would like I'm all about. Would you do the running of the bulls? Absolutely not. How about the running of the ball? The ball, the Mm -mm. ball in this question weighs 550 pounds. No, no, I do enough 
dumb stuff in my life to cheat death. I don't need to like toss myself inside of death per se. Like everything I watch the every time I watch something on the running of the bulls, I'm just like every like how many idiots are there on this earth? <laughs> enough. Enough to <laughs> enough to keep that event going year to year, even with its attrition rate. <laughs> like people pay so much money to travel to run away from an animal trying to impale you. Like, yeah, it's it's not smart. The, uh, the, the event in Spain has had a few casualties. A uh, a 29 year old man uh, was crushed by the ball against a metal barrier. He had to be airlifted to Madrid. Uh, So that's in 2018. Then in 2017, a man was run over by the ball. He was left in a coma with three broken ribs so this this is definitely one of those play stupid games, win stupid prizes situations. Oh, absolutely. It's like, well, I'm not going to run away from the bulls. I'm just going to run away from this giant boulder rolling at me. So this alternative event takes place in uh, Matteo Pino. I, I'm assuming that I'm pronouncing that wrong. Matteo Pino? Pino? Sounds good to me. Yeah, it does not. But... Their ball, their ball, like I said, weighs 550 pounds. It's constructed of pla- uh, plastic resin. And they recommend that if the ball is overtaking you, or if you're not going to be able to get out of the way of the ball, that the best thing to do is just lie down and let the ball roll over you. Hmm. 550 pounds rolling over you is not going to feel good, but it will hopefully Mm-mm. go fast and not leave you permanently injured. But your face and your head is the thing that, like, in my brain, I'm like, that's not going to go great. And maybe not after, though. After the ball runs over you, you don't think about that at all. True. Because traumatic True. brain injuries are yeah. can seriously impact your cognitive abilities. Yeah, then you're not thinking about anything. They are, they are talking about implementing some safety uh, protocols. For example, adding padding to some of the metal barriers. And they're also considering requiring participants to wear a helmet. And they've reached out to some sponsors. Uh to brand the helmets. So they're, they're, they're looking at a way of ma- making it safer and also a bigger cash cow, which they will not run away from because that would be inhumane. That's so dumb. Like just go, go to the bull thing. If you're going to run away from something, go to the bull thing. Don't do either of those things. Unless you suck. If you suck, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, not because you think you suck. Check in with us first. We'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. We'll be the final judge. So I couldn't find any specific information about this Indiana Jones uh, stunt spectacular performer and whether or not he survived. However, I did find another video that I want you to see. Okay. This appears to be a very similar situation. I'm going to go ahead and full screen that for you. Yeah. In this video, it's a, it's a slightly different angle, but we still have Indiana Jones in this scene. Now he, he, he sees a boulder. He starts running. He's running. He's running. He's running. He's running. And he's squished. Now, we're going to go ahead and pause here because this looks a lot like the other video that we saw. However, this is a different video. So if you notice the (laughs) the stunt coordinator running up there is wearing red shorts. So in the first video that we watch, he's clearly wearing yellow shorts and a blue Hawaiian shirt. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this is a problem. This is something that happens often (laughs) enough where there are multiple videos in which Indiana Jones is being crushed by a giant boulder. Uh, which I think actually is it, it might spoil the mood of these stunt spectacular because I think the the whole goal here is for Indiana Jones to survive uh, the perilous situations that he's put in. Um, yes. So either it's safe enough that 
they can continue to afford to make the same mistake over and over again, or Disney is just going through Indiana's like crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if it were the latter. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Like in all honesty, like theme parks are ridiculous. Like their, their safety protocols are extraordinarily stringent. So I would be absolutely shocked if they had a stunt that was repeatedly resulting in the death of the performers because workman's comp is not cheap. Paying out death benefits is not cheap and getting sued for wrongful death is not cheap. So it's safety protocols are almost always cheaper than the alternatives, which is having terrible accidents that cost people life and limb. Just limb. We can deal with just limb. Just limb. Then you look kind of cool. They move you over to Pirates of the Caribbean. You you grab a wench, you drink some rum, whatever it is they do over there. Um, but speaking of people that you wouldn't mind getting crushed by a giant boulder, how about your neighbors? How do you how do you feel about your neighbors, CJ? You know, I, I kind of hit the jackpot. I have a lot of young families with children kind of that are around my own and very old people that watch my house like a hawk and they're the best security in the world. So and they leave me alone. So I like my neighbors. I do. All right. Your young neighbors raising children, are any of them six-legged arthropods? Mm, Not to my knowledge, but you never know what people do behind closed doors. Well, some people behind closed doors are making honey. So this topic comes from r slash facepalm, and it looks to be a screenshot of a tweet from at best of next door. Next door is a social media service where people talk shit about their neighbors. And this user wanted to know, can I sue my beekeeper neighbor? Every day I see my neighbor's bees flying around my garden, stealing the pollen or nectar from my flowers. Then the bees go back to my neighbor and creates honey. My neighbors then harvest the honey and sells it at Pepper Place Market for profit. I've never received so much as a jar of honey as compensation. And every day my neighbor's bees trespass and steal my flowers. I was stung once when I was a child, so I know how dangerous bees can be. The way I see it, this is equivalent to a person's dog coming into my yard to steal balls or tools, then gives it back to his owner who sells it, who then sells it for profit. Do I have legal ground to sue? What type of things should I begin documenting in order to prepare for a legal battle? What would be fair settlement amount if my neighbor doesn't want to take this to court? Thanks for the help. So obviously, CJ, are you a lawyer? Not a lawyer. I am also not a lawyer, but I did pass a bar earlier today, so I'm willing to weigh in. I've been watching a lot of the the Murdoch trials, so I feel like a lawyer. I don't even know who's on trial. I assume Murdoch is on trial. Oh, that's another episode's worth of content as well. It's old backwoods Southern lawyer. That's he's on trial for murdering his wife and child. Oh, sounds like a real fucking gem of a topic. Uh, fortunately for our <laughs> listeners, we are not a true crime podcast because true crime podcasts can be kind of depressing sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, so can I sue my neighbor for beekeeping? Well, again, not a lawyer. You can sue your neighbor for virtually anything. Whether you'll Go win that you lawsuit is another question entirely. I think the keys here are that your neighbor is, in fact, profiting from the produce of their bees. The question asker in this case is putting some labor into their flowers. But I think that what would ultimately determine whether or not they have grounds for a lawsuit would be as if would be if they were keeping bees themselves and those bees were being denied hunt, uh, denied the nectar and pollen that would go into the honey. See what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think the only grounds they would have, too, would be if they were going to do anything with said nectar. Like, are you using the nectar? 
Is it just going to evaporate or whatever it does? Like, Well, and that's the thing. I guess the argument here is that the question asker has put labor into growing a garden and the fruits of that labor are being taken and capitalized on by the neighbor. The fact that the question asker is not themselves in a position to benefit economically or financially from growing these flowers, then they probably don't have grounds to sue because the pollen and the nectar do not themselves have market value that is readily tapped into. Why not just go and like chat up your neighbor a little bit and be like, hey, this is cool that my flowers are creating, you know, this nectar for your bees. Strike up a conversation. I bet you that that neighbor would be more than happy to give this other neighbor a jar or two of honey. Have they asked? I think the question asker might be a real fucking piece of shit. I think they might be an asshole. (laughs) Like, Like, I don't want to give them the fucking honey. My So my across the street neighbor, uh, dear Miss Felix, I love her to death. She is one of our older neighbors. She's a widow. Um, She has an amazing fig tree in her front yard, like humongous. And she doesn't mind the neighborhood going and picking figs, but she also makes this like so good fig preserves. Uh And she's not like she brought us over some when we first moved in and it was great. And she didn't after that. And you know what I did one day? You sued her for more fig preserve. Exactly. No, I said, (laughs) hey, Miss Felix, can I have another jar that those fig preserves? She's like, oh, I'll tell you how to make it. I was like, thank you so much. I don't think I can make it as good as you. And she said, and she said, here's a jar. And I went about my way and we're still best friend neighbors. Like, just go ask your neighbor. Don't be an asshole. Stop being an asshole. Let's, let's, Let's go ahead and grab some of these claims here. Um, first of all, I kind of want to know where the Pepper Place Market is. So let's go ahead and Google that real quick. So it looks like the uh, the market at Pepper Place is in Alabama. So this is a this is a question arising out of the South. Uh, all if right. that makes any a, any difference to you. So the question asked here specifically asked what sort of documentation they should be putting together in order to raise in, in order to litigate against their neighbor. Um, so let's assume that they can take this to court, which I, I think they reasonably can. Um, so what type of things should they be documenting in order to prepare for a legal battle? One is any costs associated with maintaining your garden. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very important because they are they are taking the fruits of your labor Two. I, I I think that you would have to demonstrate that your use of the garden is either diminished or the actions that the bees are taking are preventing you from using the garden in some capacity, whether that be a financial loss or a loss in the quality. I would argue that if I were to defend the bees here, that bees act as pollinators, which actually probably make your garden healthier. Mm hmm. So hopefully, hopefully your judge isn't a bee expert. And what do you think a fair settlement amount would be if the neighbor doesn't want to take it to court? <laughs> it's a fair question, I think. hundred bucks. I would say a jar of honey, a single jar of fucking honey. I really can't get over this <laughs> fucking person. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, the, their analogy there, and I, I can see the analogy to be the equivalent of a person's dog coming into my yard to steal balls and tools, then gives it back to his owner and then who then sells it for profit. It's 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 really it's it's really tough because that would be a trained action. So that would be like, hey, I've I've trained a dozen poodles to become pickpockets and they're running around stealing people's wallets. Yeah, that's illegal. And you should definitely be able to be sued. Um, 
But in the case of the bees, I don't think that the beekeepers, the beekeepers just keeping the bees. They're not training the bees. Is he supposed to go pick every like singular bee off of this dude's flowers? He can't control these things. You should definitely go to each bee, sit them down and give them a talking to. <laughs> this is out of hand. You need to stop stealing Mr. Jones's nectar. Yeah, go put all that pollen back where you found it. Honestly, I, I would argue that if, if you take this to court, it's probably going to get thrown out. It is absolutely not worth litigating over. Again, go ask for a fucking jar of honey. Like, just go ask for one. Yeah, the, the fact that the person is afraid of bees is fairly irrelevant. Honeybees generally aren't that aggressive unless you have Africanized honeybees, which just seems racist. But <laughs> it's it's true, though. African Af- African bees are just they're, they're, that's what they call them killer bees. It does seem kind of racist, doesn't it? Uh, it probably does have like racist as a racist start somewhere. The whole killer bee thing started in the 90s. And that's the same time that they're doing like three strikes laws and. All sorts of all sorts of crazy shit that really did not solve the problem of crime, but did solve the problem of racism. <laughs> yeah, it made racism real cool. It made, it made, it made racism it made, super cool. It made, it made racism work so smooth. <laughs> it's uh, the law and order. Law and order. So law and order. Uh, dunk, dunk, can't sue. And if you do sue, you're probably going to get it thrown out of court because your neighbor has not trained bees to steal your pollen. And it's not evident from what is being described here that the person has sustained any sort of financial loss necessitating a court-ordered compensation. But speaking of legal trouble that you might find yourself in, uh, CJ, you found a topic that you brought to me. I'm not going to introduce it because there's a there's there's some sexy audio that goes along with it, and I'm just going to go ahead and play the audio for our listeners. Roll the tape. I'm rolling it. I need y'all help me settle the debate I had with this piece of shit on a job site earlier. <laughs> question was name one car that no matter what time of day or night you pull out of a bar and there's a cop in the parking lot he's going to pull you over 100% my answer is a fox body mustang if you pull out of a bar and a fox body mustang you will 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 be pulled over he said trans am I the fox body you're getting pulled over. You might not be drunk, but you've had a goddamn few. I guarantee you. Y'all let me know. One car. You pull out of a bar, there's a cop in the parking lot. You gotta get pulled over. I need y'all to help me settle a debate I had with this piece of shit on a job site earlier. There we go. That's looping. All right. So 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 he's left this one kind of open-ended for us, which I really which I really do like. Um let, let's settle this debate between the Fox Body Mustang. So for those of you who don't know, the Fox Body Mustang was the style of Mustang that ran from what, like the mid eighties to the early nineties? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's what your it, it's what your uncle's drug dealer drove. <laughs> <laughs> I think my uncle drove that car actually. <laughs> And that's how I found out my uncle was a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> that that or a that or an IROC, like a T top Pontiac. Oh like, man, now you're now you're now you're getting closer and closer and closer to home. But no, I, I think the, the Fox Body Mustang red. It's gotta be red with the white drop top. Yes. Like that just that just that that just screams cocaine. And and it screams cocaine in so many ways. Because if it's in if it's in bad shape, then it's perfectly like a Mustang, for the most part, is an affordable sports car. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are obviously some higher-end versions of it, but you, you could be an ordinary person driving a Fox Body Mustang. You could be a high-powered lawyer driving a Fox Body Mustang. I think it's fair to say that whoever is driving it is probably a piece of shit. 
you at least have tendencies. You at least have really <laughs> shitty tendencies. <laughs> All right. So then the Trans Am, like the Trans Am is the classic, is the classic white trash go-to sports car. <laughs> and I tell you this as a former Camaro driver and the Camaro and the Trans Am have the same body. It's just the trim mm-hmm. is a little bit different between the two cars. I drove a Camaro. A Trans Am is a step further. And if you throw that fucking golden Thunderbird on the hood. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Like, that's not just oh, like, that, that, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if the cops pull you over. I think they just open fire. <laughs> 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 like, I think I, I, I think that the Trans Am is more likely to get pulled over unjustly i think that the uh, fox body mustang is more likely to get pulled over more broadly because of the wide range of drivers that could be in it there's people that have done things wrong and then there's people who can afford to do things wrong and they can all drive that car you're not, you're not seeing a whole bunch of high-powered lawyers run, running around in trans amps but i do think that fox body mustang has that sort of like dockers boat shoe vibe that people and, that people associate and with the money if if there is a fox body mustang pulling out of a bar there Fox is body a Mustang driver never pulls out seven out of 10 <laughs> chance that there's a burnout. <laughs> like, Let's go ahead and just issue a ruling right now. More likely to get pulled over Fox body Mustang or Trans Am. Go Mustang. I'm going to go Trans Am. I'm going to go Trans Am. I, 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 I feel the Mustang. I feel that Fox body. And actually, I wish I could actually today. I sent that video to one of my friends and he sent me one back. He goes, I think that was the dare car uh, from when I was in high school and he sent me a picture of it. And let's see if, if I can. Uh... <laughs> that's it. I mean, that's it right there. Um, yeah, it, for for the, the dear listeners, you can't see it is a seized Fox body Mustang. hundred oh, percent. Well. <laughs> <laughs> With oh, flames man. and run. I dare you. <laughs> civil, civil asset forfeiture at work. Um, so here's my argument. Fox body Mustang definitely being driven by a piece of shit. Trans Am definitely being driven by a piece of shit. However, I think the Trans Am driver is more likely to be arrested for being a piece of shit, if that makes sense. Mm, I see where you're going. Yeah, I could see that. I think that I, um, I, I think that the contents of the can are just as bad. But when you peel back the top, only one of them's going to jail. Yeah, I could see. But maybe maybe and maybe the Fox body guy just like kind of it's the guy that the cops pull over and they're like, I kind of smell beer on his breath. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have anything open. He's leaving. A, yeah, that's that's exactly it. The, the Trans Am drivers got it right there in the like <laughs> right there in the cup holders. Trans. Actually, I don't even think Trans Am's up from that era had cup holders. So I retract it. It's in his lap. It's, <laughs> it's in his in lap. His, it's between <laughs> his legs. Possibly if he's if if he's super sly when he saw those berries and cherries pulling up behind him, he grabbed that beer and he put it under his seat. But then when he stopped, Sorry. it spilled all over the floor. And now the cop definitely has to arrest him. <laughs> So I did I did actually look into this and it's not I, I didn't find a whole lot of information. What I found was a company called Insurify, which is an insurance company, actually put out the car models with the most DUIs. I found that same page. I'm looking at the same page with you. OK, so across all car makes and models, according to this, 17.9 in every 1000 drivers, so that's approximately 1.79 percent of people have one or more DUI cita- uh, citations on their record. Um, top vehicle for 
drivers with the most DUIs. Ram 2500, which is a pickup truck. I drove a Ram 1500 <laughs> for a while. Uh, uh, not a 25. <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, I had the V6, not even the V8, uh, which means I got better mileage. Uh, hey. Chevy S10, which is another pickup truck. <laughs> pickup trucks are strongly represented here. BMW 4 Series. Audi A4. A Dodge Dakota. Back to the trucks. Subaru mm-hmm. WRX. A BMW 7 Series. A Ford Ranger. Chevy Silverado, GMC, uh, GMC Sierra, uh, and those all rank at least nine to ten percent above the national average as far as number of DUIs uh, that the owner has. So, right here, I, I mean, you can see, like, if you're driving a pickup truck, you are way more likely to get a DUI than if you're driving a sports car. Not just a pickup truck either. Like, I think what that chart tells me as is any like two seater single cab <laughs> two door well no they, truck, they, the, the ram 2500 you can you can get the extended cab on that you can get the crew cab but, but i'm not t- like that one that one in the like silverado and the sierra okay those are big boys yeah but like but then the, you ranger, the ranger the dakota and, and the s10 like yeah. that's just like 70 year old redneck dudes like pounding beers yeah so <laughs> That so all that's to say, take your Fox Body Mustang, take your Trans Am, throw them out the fucking window, uh, because pickup trucks are way more likely. What I was, what I actually thought was really curious is that the number one selling car in America is the Ford F one fifty. Does not make the list. Hmm. And you would think that statistically speaking, with it being the most popular car, it would probably have the most DUIs, and it very well may have the most DUIs, but it doesn't have the most DUIs per capita. Some ways, and this, a lot of those are probably know, work trucks too. A lot of those are probably work trucks. Yeah, well, the same for the Ram 2500. Like the Ram 1500 is going to meet most of your civilian applications. It's the light construction work that demands that 2500 or tiny, tiny penis. It's either light construction work (laughs) or light or (laughs) little baby penis. (laughs) Little, 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 just a little, just a little baby dick, just a tiny, tiny baby dick. Don't even get me started on Ram 3500. You're either hauling freight with that motherfucker or you've got a micro peen. One yeah, of those if two you things. If you, don't, if you don't have a camper, a horse trailer, or like one of those, um, I don't know what type of trailer adapter it is, but the one that like the big arm oh, comes yeah, inside the com- of the your com- truck comes bed. Right, like it's just like right <laughs> down the center of your fucking truck bed. Like you impaled yeah. your truck to pull this trailer. Yeah, like if you don't have that, I also do want to take an official "don't wreck yourself" position on micro penises. There's absolutely nothing wrong or shameful about having a micro penis. The only shame in it is if you are uncomfortable with your uh, your body to the point that you have to buy a $70,000 pickup truck, that's when having a micro penis is a problem. Otherwise, you know, just go, just go downtown, dude. Go downtown. Do what you got to do. <laughs> you will find love. I promise. So I, I think that the, the, the flaw here, one, it's, it's a single insurance company providing this information, and they're doing it based on applications for insurance, which means it's probably people at the time that they're buying their new vehicles. Which means we're not getting statistics for people who are driving the same beat up old pickup truck a year a year in and year out, unless they're changing insurance because their rates went up because of the DUI. And what percentage of Fox Body Mustangs do you think are on the road and uninsured currently? <laughs> Seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. 
so I guess what I'm saying is that this information that we have is maybe not the most reliable because I, I, I can definitely see some flaws in their data set and their methodology, but that's okay. It's nice to have an inkling of what's going on out there. And I think it's safe to say based on that, that pickup trucks are probably more likely than sports cars to end up with DUIs. Correct. Correct. I've got one more topic and this is going to be, this is going to be a quick one, CJ. It's kind of a science topic. Uh, how'd you do in science at school? Mm, depends on the science, but not so great in college. <laughs> okay. This comes from r slash shitty science posted by user Muffinuts. And they want to know if my penis started spinning around like a helicopter at the speed of light, would it age slower than the rest of my body? <laughs> <laughs> so this gets back to the theory of relativity. <laughs> and it's the idea that objects traveling at or near the speed of light experience time more slowly than objects moving not at the speed of light. So in other words, if you left Earth traveling at the speed of light and, you know, traveled for, say, one light year, which is one year at the speed of light, and then traveled back to Earth one light year, people on Earth will have experienced more than one year or more than the two years worth of time that you experienced traveling at the speed of light. Uh, so I guess answer is Yes. Oh, it says click to see not safe for work. I'm going to click that. Oh, well, it's click just, it. I, I did. I clicked it and it just brought up a not uh, safe for work tag. Like it made an even smaller tag. They're just like, admit that this is not safe for work. I did it. Okay. Now apply this. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be like a gif of this dude trying to like sling his wiener at light speed. Cause that would have been hilarious. Now user fuzzimus in the comments. And I normally don't delve into the comments, but this is pretty interesting. It says, it would stretch out into an infinitely thin one-dimensional line infinitely long. I don't know if that's true, and I don't see how it could be true because the number of atoms or even subatomic particles inside of your penis are a it, there there has to be a finite number. So I don't know that it would be infinitely thin, infinitely long unless you were piercing into other dimensional spaces. Like this could be a whole tesseract situation that I don't think that I'm qualified to get into. Based on what I know about the theory of relativity and our listeners can feel free to write us at wreckyourpod at gmail.com and give us your opinions. But based on what I know, that would be one youthful looking penis. It'd be a real shiny, smooth space penis. Just a space very penis. painful, very painful. It sounds painful. I don't <laughs> like. OK, so it's spinning that fast. What's your balls uh -huh. doing? They just hanging out or are they just like. <laughs> getting slapped <laughs> just getting work down there <laughs> that seems like it it had me doubled over in pain before. <laughs> your balls just vibrate i think because the penis is just moving so fast you know what you you raise a you raise a fantastic point and what if you come mm. not that that's not that i mean that's how i do it every time obviously as i start my helicopter like, and then all over yep. the room yeah super gratifying just as, as as the as the late great and now canceled disease Ansari once said, jizz everywhere. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, he's a South Carolina resident. <laughs> but speaking of somebody who will never be canceled for inappropriate behavior, I have to I have to encourage you to listen to the music of Rick Reynolds, which will always be a part of this show unless I get canceled. Uh, you can find him on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. You can also find him on Instagram at Rick Reynolds. And would you like to tell folks where they can find you, CJ? Yep. You can find me at Backyard Pitmaster SC on Instagram. 
Uh, so far, that's the only place. I did just get my invite to the new social media site, Pearl. So I may set that up. Oh. Uh, but yeah, for right now, just IG. Yeah, well, and you're really into barbecue, so you can set up your Pearl before swine. Hey, yo. Oh, that was not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me individually at Foodicide. That's at F-O-O-D-I-C-I-D-E. I rarely post there, and that's okay. Uh, I have an Instagram and a Twitter, and you can also find the podcast on all of your social media platforms at Wreck Your Pod, and also, as previously stated, you can reach us at wreckyourpod at gmail.com for your questions, comments, concerns, feedback, and uh, I guess junk mail, because that's I get a lot of that there. And you can find us on the uh podcast nexus discord server hopefully there might be a link in the show notes but they're going through kind of a transitional period where they're moving from individual channels to mega threads i don't know what that means because i'm not i'm not as hip to the internet as i was in 1997 (laughs) but if there is a link possible i will put it there don't forget to go on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on and rate us i want to see the maximum number of stars allowed don't forget to tell your friends about us. Uh, we will be looking at putting out a Patreon soon. Right now, I'm still gathering additional Patreon-worthy material. So that way, once you do sign up to this Patreon and start giving us money, you're getting something back for it, which I think is the most important thing about spending money is what you get for it. Otherwise, you're just throwing money away, and that's useless to everybody. So if between now and next week you find yourself running from a giant stone ball and you don't have time to turn around and whip your dick out at the speed of light and knock it away, we encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart and it won't change till we change. We are, but we won't. Oh.